We continue our study this morning of the prophet Elijah, whose name means, my God is the Lord. We'll continue with uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. Remember how Elijah was sent by the Lord to King Ahab, the worst of the worst of the kings of Israel, king of the ten northern tribes who had departed from the Lord, begun to follow idols, the golden calf set up by Jeroboam, the Baals, the Ashtoreths. Elijah's message was one of judgment from the Lord. The Lord was going to send a drought, a drought which would result in famine. The purpose was to call back the children of Israel from idolatry and immorality so that they would return to the Lord. Remember how God protected and provided for Elijah at the brook, feeding him with the ravens, then sent him to the widow of Zarephath, whose meal and oil never ran out. After three and a half years, the word of the Lord came again to Elijah. Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Can you imagine Elijah thinking, I have to go to the king? These last three years he's been trying to kill me. When he appeared before King Ahab, Ahab thundered, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? Problem is, Ahab said, you. You're the one that brought this upon the people of Israel. Elijah said, wait a minute. You have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed Baals. And then he issued the challenge. Gather all Israel at Mount Carmel along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. The stage was set for the showdown. The people came to Mount Carmel. Elijah addressed them saying, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? How long are you going to sit on the fence? How long are you think you can have it both ways? How long do you think you can claim to follow the Lord also follow these bales. My dad quoted an ancient Chinese proverb, he who walks in the middle of the road gets hit by trucks going both directions. You cannot stand in the middle any longer. You can't be on the fence. People didn't answer him a single word. So then Elijah proposed that contest. Those 950 false prophets on one side, Elijah by himself on the other side. He said, we'll build altars, we'll put wood on those altars, the sacrifice of a bull, and then we'll see which God reveals himself as the only true God. And finally the people said, it's a good idea. 
So, altars were built. Elijah, being the fair man that he was, allowed the prophets of Baal to go first. And they cried to Baal all morning, but nothing happened. So at noon, Elijah sarcastically tried to help them out. He said, cry louder. Maybe he's relieving himself or he's on a journey. Maybe he's sleeping. And this pushed the false prophets of Baal and Asherah into a frenzy. They began even to cut themselves to grab the attention of their God. And they cried all afternoon till the evening sacrifice. And the Bible tells us no one answered. No one paid attention. And then Elijah built up the anticipation. He replaced the altar of the Lord with 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he dug a trench around this altar and poured four jars of water on the offering three times so that the sacrifice, the altar, was drenched to the point that the trench was filled with water. And then Elijah prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant. And the fire of the Lord descended from the heavens, consumed not only the sacrifice and the wood, but the stones of the altar, and licked up even the water that had filled the trenches. And the people fell on their face and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Prophets of Baal and Asherahs were killed. But in January, you will hear how this apparent triumph of Elijah turned into despair and self-pity for the prophet of the Lord. So what are we to take home from this today? Probably the most important lesson that there is no compromise when it comes to following the Lord. You can't have it both ways. As God's children in your lives, you need to take a stand. If the Lord is God, then follow Him. Now, you don't have a bunch of altars to Baal or two altars to the golden calf in Eau Claire. You don't have man-made idols carved out of wood or stone. We don't have 850 false prophets in a frenzy calling upon their gods to show themselves. But we still have the idol of man's wisdom and science which claims that this world came into existence by chance through evolutionary development. You can't sit on the fence and say, well, that's true and creation is also true. You have also the idols of 
immoral behavior. You can't say that something is not wrong and God says it is wrong. You can't act like it doesn't make any difference. You need to take a stand. You also can't have teachings from the Bible which are contradictory to each other by false prophets versus what God says and say, well, one's as good as the other. God is the Lord. But also, we can learn that one person with the Lord on his side is stronger than the largest army. The general, the Syrian general Sennacherib learned this when with 183,000 soldiers he besieged Jerusalem until in one night the angel of the Lord killed all 183,000. Can you imagine what it was for Elijah who probably felt, as he reveals later, that he was the only one left? Or Luther, when he was confronted with the question, well, how can you be sure that you're right when you're only one man against an entire religious establishment? Luther's answer was the Lord. He is God. And his word will endure forever. So Elijah says, or the Lord Elijah says to you today, call upon the Lord and he will answer you because he is God. And God already has answered you. He hasn't sent down fire to demonstrate his power. He hasn't provided miracles such as Jesus did on a regular basis. But God has sent his son Jesus into this world. And in the scriptures, God has revealed that Jesus, your savior, is the only way to life and salvation. So sometimes, especially if you're young people growing up in the climate of today, you might think you're a vanishing breed, but you're not. You're part of the people of God. God has a plan, God has a victory, and he will also use you as his spokesman. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it's part of our sinful human nature to avoid confrontation, to avoid situations where we feel uncomfortable because we are in the minority. There are times when it is easier to go along than to get along. We ask for your help today that we may take a stand in our personal lives, a stand upon the word of God which endures forever and the only way of salvation for this world, Jesus Christ. We commit ourselves into your hands and simply function as your spokesman. We ask for your help and guidance today. In Jesus' name, amen. And we'll close with hymn 774. Hymn 774, stanzas three 
and four. Mm -hmm. 